Hey, good evening. This is the Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you once again to the Crystal Silence League Hour. That's hour. Sometimes hour and 10 or 12 seconds because I go over quite a bit. Tonight, more on astral powers. What are they? How to develop them? What good are they? What can you do with them? Welcome to episode 114. Do come back in a minute. Get you a warm drink. I'm drinking chai tonight because it's cold and rainy and thundery. Do come back. See you in a minute. back i guess i am you know the crazy thing about blog talk radio and their uh ridiculously simple interface is that i can hear the recorded music that they have uh, we upload music to it in a mpeg format but i cannot hear myself it's not like it's a mixer so i'm talking into a microphone and a rather good one rather actually um and i I hear the music that we record, but I can't hear myself. In other words, there's no feedback. I have headphones on, and I can hear the recorded feedback uh, from the music, but I cannot hear myself. In other words, I don't get a true monitor. So I don't really know if the voice is registering to anyone listening. Um <clears throat> Now and again, we have people in the chat room, and I can say, hey, do we have sound? And they go, yeah, we have sound. Or they say, there's no sound, uh, responding to my uh, mental telepathy, I think. Um, or I can uh, text people on my phone and say, hey, do we have sound? And they say, well, sure, you have sound. You sound good tonight. Or the sound is choppy. Of course, blog talk, it's a miracle it works anyway. Uh, I've done real radio. I've been uh, – um, uh, a psychic on real radio, and people would fax their palm prints to us, and that was very funny uh, back in the low tech days of the 80s and 90s. And I would read their hand over the air because you know I am kind of known as a palm reader. I wrote three books: Runic Palmistry, Karmic Palmistry, and A Lover's Guide to Palmistry. I also wrote Crystal Magic, a, uh, a guide to divination, healing, and spell work with crystals and gems. And you should pick that up as fast as you can. Very good book. I'm working on a sequel called Lithomancy, uh, Further Divination, Healing, and Spell Work with Crystals. And it's going along quite well. It's about two-thirds of the way finished right now, in fact. And uh, <clears throat> I also just released my version of the I Ching interpretation that's available. Um, if you look on my Facebook page, there's a link to buy it. It's in three different formats, and I also have a little casting kit that goes with it. And uh, I'd appreciate it if you buy that because I need I need to make up the uh, expense it took me to actually publish those things. I self-published those. And people say, why didn't you publish it through uh, MISC, through Mich- Missionary Independent Spiritual Church? Well, I wanted a Kindle version, and uh, MISC does not do e-books. Oh, no, no. Uh, uh, Lucky Mojo and uh, MISC will not do e-books, and I wanted a Kindle version. Because it's very cool 
to have a Kindle version of the I Ching to have it on your tablet. And the Kindle version is especially formatted to work very well on your mobile device or your tablet. And imagine if you're walking around with I Ching on your tablet or your mobile device, and you can borrow six, borrow or beg or carry six coins of any kind with you, you're prepared at any time to do an I Ching divination. And believe me, I Ching is a handy skill to know. It takes a while. If you're not familiar with I Ching, it takes a little while to get familiar with it and understand it. Uh, I've made it as simple as I can in my book. Uh, and I've included ways to do an instant hexagram. I mean, less than a minute, you can construct a hexagram. So it's very cool. But uh, Crystal Magic we published uh, a couple of years ago, I think, uh, through uh, through uh, Yippie and uh, Miss, Miss, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. And we sold a lot of copies of it. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a very good book about spellcraft and divination and healing through the use of crystals and crystal balls. And I, I really recommend you get a copy of it at $9, I think. Um, it's quite a deal, and you can get it through me, or you can get it through Crystal Silence League, Lucky Mojo Curio Company, um, on Amazon, uh, where all quality books are sold, and through any of our um, authorized dealers. A list of which you can find where else? Lucky Mojo Curio Company website. And you know, I'm I'm a authorized dealer of those fine products too. I want to take a drink of chai right now because this rainy weather has my throat a little scratchy, so pardon me just a minute. That's hot buttered chai in the Tibetan tradition. And it's very, very good. Well, tonight <clears throat> we're gonna talk about um uh, a lot of things actually, and, um, you know, the Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, a controversial, talented, brilliant man. He lived life by his own rules and made his way from the uh, wilds of the Klondike. Uh, he, he was like a miner in uh, uh, Alaska, Um from very humble and rough beginnings to be one of the highest paid entertainers in the world. Then he retired and he founded the Crystal Silence League and um, publishing house and published uh, New Age, or not New Age, but uh, New Thought Literature, Spiritualist Literature, uh, Metaphysical Literature. And of course, he ran the Crystal Silence League, which was founded to uh, project and distribute positive prayer and affirmation to all those who needed it. And he taught lessons in how to um, use the crystal ball. And when he passed into the silence in 1954, the, the league pretty much went with him, although there were still people who practiced, we found out. And in around 2009, uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church brought it back to life on the Internet. It was indeed reborn, and you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there, you'll find that you can post prayers, and we get about 200 prayers a week. I'm not exaggerating. And uh, it has been my custom to read aloud these prayers. Not all of them. It'd, I'd never quit. It'd be 24 hours a day. As soon as I read one, we get 10 more. But I read some of them, and I invite you to pray along with me. And so let's do a few of these, and I call them out by prayer ID. I don't call out your name, although I know who you are. I 
print out a bunch of these every day. As all the pastors do, and we pray for you. We, we pray for you all the time. And many of these prayers, many of these prayers do get answered. And you know what Miss Cat says, God answers all prayers. Sometimes the answer is no, to which I add sometimes the answer is not yet, not now. But many times that answer is yes. But let's pray for the following people. Prayer ID 65012, who says, please, please pray, please pray that DK is missing me as much or more than I am missing him. He went on no contact a month ago over a small fight and haven't heard word. Please pray he returns to me so we can have effective communication and move forward into the best direction, either together or individually. I pray the intensity of his emotions and thoughts are as great or greater than mine about this. Pray my heart heals quickly as well. Thank you for your prayers. Amen. Prayer ID 65011. I am praying for the responders to these hurricanes and wildfires, as we all are. I am humbly asking for the safety and protection. I'm praying for wisdom in regards to strategies for firefighting and assisting. I'm praying for the wildlife. I'm praying for anyone affected or threatened by these dangerous things happening. I'm asking that much help comes and these fires become quickly contained. I'm asking that people and animals in or after the path of hurricanes quickly are safe and helped. Thank you. Amen. We're all praying for everyone in this path. I was going to actually pray for that, but this good person has done it for us. Prayer ID 65008. I wish this chapter of my life was over. Ex-husband in the circles have me thinking it would be better if I were dead. My three-year-old girl is hexed. I'm no match for all the black magic, pedophiles, and crooked law that has surrounded me all my life. My goodness, I am already struggling with myself. I don't need anyone's help with that. I lack self-discipline, and it's hurting me in every aspect. Parenting, education, homeschooling, self-employment, and my home routines or lack of. My mind struggles. I despair. Please help. Amen. Pray ready 65007. Dear spirit guides, ancestors, guardian angels, and universe, I beg you to heal MWM of his past traumas that he realized he's projecting his past onto his present. May he see the love I have for him and be comforted and relieved of his fears. May he see me and think of me and think solace, love, and passion. May I be able to provide the love and support he needs. May our union be passionate and strong for the rest of our days. Amen. Prayer ID 65006. Prayers for friends' safety while working at a demolition construction site for the next few months. Amen. Prayer ID 65005, who says, Thank you, Santa Marcia, for helping me to joyfully achieve my goals. Amen. Prayer ID 65003, who prays, 
for a narcissistic mother, and she says, my mother likes to bully her family members. I pray that she will be faced with hardships in the workplace. It will challenge her to treat others at work just the same as she treats her family to expose her. I pray that her life will be filled with problems so she doesn't have time to cause trouble for others. She needs troubles of her own to prevent her from having focus on others. She has envy, jealousy, spitefulness, and hatred. She treats everyone like trash. God protect us from her evil. I believe what you're looking for is restitution. May she learn her lessons. Amen. Prayer ID 65001. God, I've wanted a particular class for a long time. Please help me get into that class within the next seven days. It will help my GPA a lot. Amen. Ambitious, ambitious person. Prayer ID 65000. I pray that my performance in a current production, in whatever form, is a skyrocketing personal, professional, and theatrical success leading to increasing positive employment opportunities in theater, film, and television for all involved. May the universe conspire to bring those casting directors and producers directly able to positively influence my career to see my work for the good of all concerned, according to the free will of all concerned. So mote it be. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 64999, we are praying, affirming that TB's lapsed life insurance policy claim for her father is paid to her in full within three days of the insurance company's receipt of her insurance claim denial dispute. May the judgment be in T's favor in full immediately, and so it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. And that wasn't the same person, and they did a triple thanks. That's very good. Prayer ID 64998. Please pray with me. My investment plans, though small, are steady and fruitful. Amen. Prayer ID 64996. Please continue to pray for A.S. as she continues to heal from her heart surgery. And thank you. And prayer ID 64995. Please pray that God will take my desire to drink alcohol away from me before I hurt myself or someone else. And please pray that I can get the strength and mindset to stop drinking. Pray that I never drink and drive again. I've done this numerous times, and it was a close call yesterday. Please forgive me. Please pray that this evil spirit is removed. I have a young son and an elderly mother, and I don't want to die or hurt someone else, and I don't want to hurt my family. Thank you all. Amen. Prayer ID 64994, praise, please pray that we'll sell our house in Oakland, amen. Prayer ID 64993, please pray for S's sleep problems are fixed soon, thank you so much, amen. And we have Prayer ID 64985, who prays, please pray with me that I get the perfect job that pays the amount of money to pay all my bills and have enough to save for the future to keep my home saleable for the best offer. Amen. And prayer ID 64981. Mother, Father, God, I'm affirming victory in my favor in a court hearing held on 
972017. Oh, it's just around the corner. Affirming that my attorney will have the skills and drive to appeal to the judge in the favor of T.S. So mote it be. Amen. Let's take a moment of silent prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. Amen. Isn't that just lovely? I should just let that play for the rest of the episode and forget about talking. I want to especially uh, call your attention to all those in danger of the hurricane. We had a Harvey, now we have Irma or Irene. Is it Irene? Uh, we're feeling the effects here in Tennessee. We've got tremendous thunder and rain. Um, and let's keep our minds diligent and our thoughts and prayers toward those who are in danger. And if you're in danger, uh, get out of danger. Find a safe place. People were staying at home uh, while the water filled up, thinking, well, you know, how bad can it get? And well, it can get pretty bad. That's how bad it can get. If you see yourself in danger at all, leave. Go somewhere safe. Don't don't think that it can't get bad because, as we can see, it sure can. Well, uh, I want to bring your attention that next month is October, and in honor of October, I want to open up the phone lines. The phone lines are always open. You can always call in. You know our Call-in number is 657-383-0525. Anytime you want to call in, you can. If you have questions about anything, I'll answer them. I mean anything. Ask me anything. I know everything. Believe me, I know everything. I'm one of these Jeopardy mutants. I sit there when Jeopardy's on, and I answer all those questions. I was asleep once. I had my head in my wife's lap asleep, and I was answering Jeopardy questions in my sleep. I'm not lying. Ask her. It's true. Most of them were opera questions. It was about operas. You know, and they're saying, so... So in the uh, 18th century opera, uh, you know, which which 18th century opera had the uh, protagonist 
with the deformity. I said, it was, it was Rigoletto. It was Rigoletto. He had a, he had a hunchback. He was a jester. And, you know, I, I knew all this. And uh, uh, so it was, um, it, I was answering all these things. And um, and they were, they were talking about uh, an opera that involved uh, an adultery between a nephew and an uncle. I was like, ah, oh, Tristan and Isolde Wagner. That was it. And, and uh, so I was, uh, I knew all this. And uh, uh, I was answering it in my sleep. So anyway, you won't know anything. Just call me. I'll I'll figure it out. But Mostly about crystals. You want to know something about crystals? Uh, what cr- useful properties crystals have? How to use crystal balls? About uh, new thought, new thought techniques? About law of attraction? Um, give us a call. Uh, your experiences. But October is going to be different. In honor of uh, Halloween, I want you to call in with your ghost stories, your personal experiences with spirits. And the supernatural and the paranormal and the spooky stuff. Um, I'm going to open up the lines. I'm giving you plenty of advance. We're going to talk about it every week. Call me with the ghost stories. Tell me about the things that have happened to you. I want to hear about it. So all of you all listening now or listening in podcast or uh, listening to me while you go to sleep, what I understand many people do, say, I can't sleep tonight. I'm going to get on a podcast with Reverend St. Germain. And let his soothing voice carry me off into dreamland. Call me. Tell me your ghost stories in October. We have four weeks, four episodes. We want to talk about ghosts and spooky stuff. I, oh, I got plenty of Oh, I got ghost stories for you. got plenty of them. We have them all in my family. Most of my family are ghosts right now, in fact. Very few. I have like three family members still alive. Um. Uh, most of them, and I have more friends and family in spirit than I do in flesh. So uh, I got lots of ghost stories for you. Call me and tell me about yours. Our stone of the night is bloodstone, and it is it is a jasper, by the way. Um, it's a uh, basically red and green jasper, and. Uh, called a bloodstone because uh, it was said that the uh, it was formed at the crucifixion of Jesus when the blood of his wounds fell upon the green earth and turned to stone. That really couldn't have happened because he was crucified upon a stony, sandy hill. But uh, anyway, it, it's it's pretty good, you know, pretty good story. Uh, There's supposed to be like green jasper uh, at the foot of his cross. Uh, that probably, if there were jasper, it's probably desert jasper anyway, but I'm overthinking it. So uh, if there's green jasper there, then blood dropped on it and was absorbed magically and became bloodstone. But most bloodstone doesn't come from the Holy Land, so oh well. Uh, but anyway, before uh, Jesus, uh, heliotrope, which was known as the sunstone, uh, uh, was um, treasured as the bloodstone. Um it was um, it was um, said to absorb the rays of the sun and could be used for healing. It was believed that it could staunch the flow of blood. If you were wounded, bloodstone would take the rays of the sun, absorb them, and could be used to uh, coagulate blood and cure wounds. Uh, so all these uh, soldiers used to carry heliotrope or bloodstone, it's an amulet 
to help them heal faster. Um, and they used to grind it up and mix it with uh, liquor and honey uh, and use it as a, for medicinal purposes. So um, it's uh, therefore linked with uh, vitality, good health, long life. Um, it's also supposed to be a very lucky stone for riches and fame. But being green and pink, we know it resonates very very closely with the heart chakra. Um, so it's usually dark green, uh, dark to light green sometimes. It will have red jasper or pink jasper. Um, and um, it's very useful in to protect you against magical assault. Um, good to help you against any sort of threat. And it can provide you with a fortitude, courage, and stamina when you need it. And um, I know that lately, you know, fairly recently, uh, it's been used a lot to give to kids who are bullied. Uh, parents have been advised to give it to kids to wear as an amulet or as a talisman to help them withstand bullying at school. And from what I understand, it works. When I was a kid and we were bullied at school, uh, our parents told us, you know, to learn. Basically, it's like what they do to Nazis now. You punch them. Uh, if you came home from school and you were bullied, you know, your dad took you in the backyard and taught you how to box. And you'd go and the bully, you know, learned not to do that. But uh, you don't do that now, um, I suppose. Um times have changed they they try not to do that and um but when i was a kid it worked uh except you had these guys that were psychos and if you defeated them they brought three of their friends and then uh if you got out of that they bring six of their friends and you know, you know these, these guys i guess maybe that's what's happening i don't know it's different times so um bloodstone is very grounding stone um it helps you um, uh, align uh, the dark red and dark green. It will help you align everything from the root to the heart. So uh, uh, it's often used for uh, grounding the heart to reality. You know, if your heart tends to have uh, too much air element in it and uh, you love frivolously, you can ground the heart to the earth. Boom, like that. So it's very good. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's very nice for that. Now, it's being jasper and quartz, basically. Uh, it's solid. Uh, you don't have to worry about it melting or anything. So if you make a elixir from it, just drop it in the water, put it in the sun, put it in the moon, let the water absorb its qualities, uh, take it out. Add a few drops of brandy, you've got a good elixir. You can uh, d drop it around yourself, anoint yourself with it, spray it in an area, uh, use it in magical rituals. So that's bloodstone, our stone of the week. A very nice little rock. We're talking about astral powers. Um, in previous weeks, we were talking about how there's an astral body, which... Uh, exists alongside of our physical body and the astral body is sort of a shell around the spirit the spiritual body the soul uh the astral body although it is uh, invisible to the naked eye 
unless you train yourself to see it, um, is not comprised of spirit, but of a very subtle matter. Uh, therefore, it can influence reality on a, on a very subtle level. Uh, it is the astral body that leaves the body during astral travel. Uh, it contains the spirit within it. Um, we, we learn that the astral being is attached to the physical body by a slender thread. It gets thinner and thinner the further away the astral body leaves the physical body. Uh, apparently, there's no limit to how far it can go. That thread just stretches thinner and thinner and thinner. Uh, if it breaks, you're in a predicament because you, uh, the physical body will just wither and die if the astral body can't find its way back. So there are five astral senses, just like there are five physical senses. There's uh, astral vision, which is sometimes called clairvoyance, clear seeing. Astral hearing, clairaudience. Uh, astral uh, taste. There's astral touch, which is uh, similar to psychometry. Uh, astral smell, which is a rare form, but uh, maybe not all that rare. Some people may just smell bad to you or smell good to you. Um and, you know, the five astral senses. So, um, and they may, you may have all of them. You may actually have all of them in some degree or other. And we discussed how telepathy, mind reading, is actually a physical psychic skill as opposed to an astral psychic skill. And that anybody can learn to read minds. Anybody can be a telepathist. But that an astral skill Astral mind reading or clairvoyance is so much more um, subtle and much more powerful than a physical mind reading like telepathy. And that psychometry, which is a astral skill, is the ability to take an object and sense things about its owner. Someone who has touched it before, leaving a bit of their aura, their soul energy, their life energy um, on that object. Um, so these are these are just some of the uh, topics we covered in previous issues. Um, now about that, we guess uh, we have talked about the aura. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of stuff about the aura, and I think that it's because everybody is going to see an aura differently, and um, people are going to. Uh, create their own theory about the aura. It's like if you ask people about the soul, what happens in the afterlife, you'll get as many different theories as you'll get people who ask. And if you ask people about spirits, the same thing, you know, what's the spirit? Uh, there's a lot of different things that create spiritual phenomena. You know, if you see a spirit, it could be one of a dozen different things. It could be an actual spirit. It could be the... Uh, the, the soul of a person. It could be an astral projection. It could be a bio-recording that has no sentience at all. Uh, it could be an illusion. Uh, it could be uh, a, uh, a spiritual projection of something. Uh, there's a lot of things it could be that have nothing to do with uh, an actual spirit spirit. So, But some people, anytime they see something that looks like a spirit, 
they think it's a spirit. You know, it's like if it quacks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's a duck. Well, no, sometimes it's not. It's something that is pretending to be a duck or uh, maybe uh, an imitation of a duck, but it may not actually be a duck. So when we look talking about the aura, uh, what we've learned through various means is that uh, all people and many objects, if not all objects, are surrounded by this emanation that we call an aura. Now, the aura is egg-shaped. Uh, it doesn't follow the contour of the body like many people draw it. That's the uh, etheric double. That's the astral double that follows the contour of the body. And many times that will take on the colors of the aura. The aura itself is egg-shaped, and it, it extends several feet from the body. And uh, it's charged with the uh, ionic or the auric thought vibrations of that person. And that's the air or the atmosphere that you feel around people. You know, you might be next to somebody and go, oh, that guy's creepy. He's cold. He's cold. Or, what a warm and friendly person. And you feel it. So sometimes you're attracted to some people. Sometimes you're repelled by them. It also explains chemistry, the attraction some people have for each other. And um, so a, a trained and uh, highly developed uh, psychomancer can see the colors of these various uh, emotions and thoughts. And uh, because of this, um, if you don't see it, these colors, maybe you hear a tone. You might hear a high-pitched or a low-pitched tone. That is auric hearing. Or maybe you just feel that person's sensitivity. Now, I don't want to go too deeply into the subject of what different colors mean because there's a lot of theories about it. And how I experience red might be different from how you experience red. But I'll tell you that uh, many authorities have a sort of a consensus. You know, like we all look at red and we think passion, we think anger, we think strong emotion. Uh, so you might look at a person and see this mist, this luminous mist. Uh, fl flashing with colors, and sometimes an aura will flash like lightning, uh, but it constantly changes, and it's, ver it's very rarely, um, very rarely static, very rarely, rarely still. Sometimes you'll see rose color of love and affection, um, a blue, which I've uh, associated with devotion, with spiritual feelings. Uh, there's a brown color, kind of like a mud, muddy, muddy water color that is narcissism, selfishness. Uh, scarlet, when, when that rose blushes or reddens towards scarlet, bright red, that's usually anger. Um, there's a, a, another type of red, though, that's lust. So there, these different shades of red, it's, it's lust. And uh, uh, fear is kind of a bluish-gray Black uh, smoke, this kind of a greasy black smoke uh, that's like hate and malice. Um, um, and there, there, there's hundreds, hundreds of variations. And uh, uh, if, you, uh, if you have like a box of crayons, you can sit there and look at people and draw their different auras. And um, um, if you get good at this, it's impossible for anybody 
to lie about their feelings. Somebody can pretend to be a very nice person and you can close your eyes and it's actually easier to see ours with your eyes closed, by the way, um, and get a, get a flash of their color and you know their true feelings. So, but of all the people that, that say they can see auras, um, only uh, a small amount of them can actually see the 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 true auric colors. Uh, they they are seeing something, I think. But the true auric colors um, are uh, very. It takes a great deal of development to actually see. I believe that they're feeling subtle vibrations, and their brain is interpreting them as colors, and that may be the next best thing, I think. But I think it's a physical sensation of aura, not the astral sensation of aura. And, um, um, you know, there are blind people who can distinguish by the sense of touch alone uh, color. There are blind people that can that can touch color and tell you red from blue, for instance. So I think that there are people that can feel the differences in different auric colors, and then their brain tells them this is red, this is blue, etc. But you see, that's a physical sensation of the auric colors, just like telepathy is a physical mind reading. The uh, the the people that can truly see the astral uh, projection of aura very rare. They're very very rare, and what they're what they are seeing is uh, brilliant flashes of light so uh, so uh, that's why there's a uh, uh, the phenomenon of the physical senses and that of the astral senses that's why we make a distinction between things like telepathy and psychomancy and you know most people I've talked to in the uh, psychic world have never heard of this distinction this is old school stuff and a lot of people have never heard of this uh, now there's Wonderful features of uh, this, and this is very uh, basic, simple psychomancy. Uh, almost all objects are constantly emanating beams of energy. There, there, there's no object that is not always emanating energy. Uh, a constant stream of uh, electrons, scions, muons, uh, everything. Uh, extreme uh, emanating these streams of energy very exciting uh, delicate delicate not so delicate instruments of science Geiger counters uh, film uh, cameras uh, everything can uh, detect these uh, these energy vibrations um, and more and more delicate instruments can detect more and more delicate energies but the astral senses uh, can record very detect very very fine vibrations, uh, and this is why some people can see spirits. And when spirits are uh, particularly aroused, sometimes they'll make impressions on sensitive film, or you'll hear sounds on sensitive recording devices. And so it becomes very apparent when you really look into these subjects. Uh, uh, that you can learn to see things that are hidden. And 
that other people who are not as um, inclined to see do not see. Uh, now, you got to be careful with it um, because if most people can't see it and you say, yes, I, I do see it, you know, they're liable to think it's a product of your imagination or even that you're crazy. Uh, uh, there have been people who have proven that they can see through walls, for instance. They can see through solid objects. Uh, there are people who are medical psychics. They can look at a person and say, okay, your liver, uh, you know, your liver's damaged. He has kidney damage. And they've been tested by doctors. And the doctor said, yes, this woman has uh, fibroids in her kidneys. Yes, this woman has uh, a diseased ovary. Yes, this person has uh, uh, a problem in his heart. And these medical psychics, sometimes their children have spotted it. Then the skeptics come in and say, oh, well, it's this, it's that, it's this. And the, you know, the medical psychic just says, oh, you know, whatever, and withdraws. And, they, and the skeptic says, well, we won. You know, they won't take our tests. And they're like, well, you know, screw you. I don't have anything to do with it. So, um, but for all uh, practical purposes, um, it's been established. It's just that, you know, people who can, you know, people who can really do stuff have no desire to prove it. Um, it's it's the people who have something to gain uh, who usually are trying to prove something. Um, you know the uh, the old rule follow the money. <laughs> that's that's that really is a good one. Um, so the whole idea of astral sight uh, is that to the astral body, uh, solid matter isn't solid at all. You can move through it. You can see through it. Now, these fine streams or waves of energy that are being emanated by all objects, uh, uh, they're invisible to the physical eye most of the time, but they're registered and recorded by the astral sense site. So the psychomancer, uh, with the most elementary uh, effort, effort, can see or detect or feel or sense what's going on in the room next to him. They can read the contents of a sealed letter, and I'm going to tell you that Mr. Conlon did this uh, as part of his uh, public demonstrations. People sealed questions in envelopes, and he would hold these envelopes up, and he would answer these questions and have the envelopes back. They could um, read, uh, and there are people that do that now. It's called remote viewing. Uh, they could describe the contents of locked boxes, um, or uh, they could... Uh, you could uh, hand them a closed book, and they could tell you um, what's on a certain page. These, these are all – I'm not making any of this up. These are things people have done. Um, they can find things in the ground. They can see in the ground and find uh, hidden metals. Um, you can see uh, creatures underground, find water underground. Uh, this is, I believe, how dowsing might work. So uh, all these things are quite um, – quite possible uh, to people who can do this uh, do this sort of thing. Uh, nothing is impossible to those who develop these abilities. Let's stop for station identification, and I'm going to take a drink so that I can uh, continue talking for a little while. And uh, we'll be right back in just a minute.
The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candela Candisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All Times Pacific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. And I just refreshed the chat room and noticed we do have guests in the studio. And it's so nice to have people here. So uh, whenever I talk about uh, these things, there are questions that arise in the minds of people. Um, and is there any limit? And the question is, is there any limit to uh, the depths or the width or the breadth of the sight open to the astral sight of these uh, Gifted people, um, for instance, if uh, let's say there's a psychomancer who's developed clairvoyance, and they're looking into the solid earth, could they? How far can they go? So, so well, the um, let's uh, let's look at physical phenomena like X-rays. How far down can you go with X-rays? Um, uh, like a star um, that's you know, billions of light years away emits rays. Uh, this is much as a light bulb in the next room. There's a loss of energy according to distance. So the astral sense, like the physical sense, um, can only register where the energy is, you know, uh, how cl- as clear as the energy is. So uh, after a certain distance, in- objects don't radiate that energy. Um, you know, have someone hold a dime up an inch from your face and you can read the date. If they hold the dime up a mile away, you can't see the dime, much less the uh, date on it. So there are limits, yeah. Uh, so, but also it seems to differ from people who have their astral vision. Um, just as people have different eyesight, you know, there are guys that have what's called marksman vision who can shoot a gun and they'll shoot a cricket off a tree from hundred feet. Uh, so they, uh, it just depends. It really depends. Um, plus from what I understand, and I'm not claiming I have astral sight, uh, my gifts lie elsewhere, but from what I understand, it's not like a wall becomes transparent glass. Uh, it's more like seeing through mist. Uh, you see, it's not like a physical sense of vision. You you see it, but it's like you're seeing it uh, through mist or shadowy. Um, uh, and it's like you can see through water or mist quite a distance, but um, you're not going to see it with great detail. And uh, and after a little while, the impressions grow dimmer and dimmer, and finally they just fade into darkness. Um, now. 
apparently if you use techniques like the astral tube, you bore through that mist and through that dimness and at the end of that tube you get perfect clarity but that's a different um type of phenomena that's that's um that's called that's that's space psychometry and that's an entirely different ball of wax um now we were talking about medical diagnosis and that's where they see into the bodies of other people and you know this goes back thousands of years they're recorded uh, uh cases before Christ, um, of people who could see inside other people and um, see what was wrong with them. Um, so that was it. Now, I guess we can talk about the astral tube, um, which is a very interesting technique. And I discussed this uh, in the book Crystal Magic, the astral tube, because I was fascinated with it. Uh, and you see it a lot in the old writings, in writings that were written uh, in the 1800s. Um, and uh, you only find mentions of it here and there. And uh, Mr. Conlon wrote about it. And uh, William Walker Atkinson wrote about it. And they hint at its use, and they hint at some of the uh, uses of it. And then they obliquely, between the lines, mentioned at some of the more advanced uses of it that I go into detail in, in Crystal Magic. Um they don't come out and say some of the more advanced and really nefarious things that you can do with it. But when you start working with it and you think about some of the things they hinted at, you realize some of the powerful things you can do using the astral tube. But the astral plane itself is composed of an ethereal form of matter which is uh, very rare uh, and finer than the matter of the physical plane. Uh, I'll tell you that in Buddhism, this is discussed. It talks about the, uh, the subtle matter of the higher planes. Uh, but it is matter, and it does have laws and conditions. And just as it's possible to establish uh, lines of force in the physical matter, you can have lines of force in the astral matter. And the astral tube is a line of force. Uh, you set up and establish a line of force on the astral plane that serves as a conductor of astral vibrations, and it affords a highly efficient channel of communication between objects that are far removed in space. Now, in simple words, um, in the physical plane, we have radio waves, we have cell phone signals, we have television signals. We have radio signals. On the astral plane, you have other channels of force. You have astral uh, analogies of that sort of thing. And that channel is created and used in a lot of occult phenomena. It's no different than the physical channels of force we have when we're using the cell phone or we have a radio signal or the internet signal that I'm talking to you over now, you probably are using a wireless modem or cell phone or something that's wireless. And I'm going to tell you that uh, Nikolai Tesla uh, experimented a lot with non-physical channels of force. And when you talk about non-physical channels of force, 
my darlings, you're talking about the astral plane. And no less a person than Tesla experimented with the astral plane. So when we're talking about this, we've got to talk about polarity, right? negative and positive poles. And you know about this in terms of electrical phenomena. I'm not going to get I, – I, I did this once or twice. I got too uh, far into physics, but uh, I'm not going to do that. Um, so imagine a negative and a positive pole. Um, when you're doing an astral tube, you do the same thing. Um, you polarize the particles of the astral matter with an effort of will set in motion by strong desire to determination. And if you've uh, read anything at all uh, in New Thought about projection and attraction, you know that effort of will and desire and determination is going to fuel your projections. So when the human will is directed toward a distant person or object uh, with proper drive and determination, it will polarize the astral plane. It will drive a path completely through the astral plane toward the desired point, and the channel becomes an easy course of psychic communication between, let's say, you and that object or that person. And once you have created that channel, the transmission of receiving of psychic impressions becomes facilitated. And in the case of psychomancy and other uh, astral phenomena, the astral senses of uh, the person are able to sense the impressions being manifested at that distant place in space and sometimes even in time. So this channel of communication is known as the, ch the astral tube. Now, it doesn't have the, the advantage of traveling in your astral body, but it also doesn't have the dangers. If you travel in your astral body, your physical body is left at risk. And I want to tell you a story about that. Um, an acquaintance of mine uh, studied in Thailand with uh, the Thai forest monks. These are guys that decided uh, some decades ago, well, actually, some like 70 or 80 years ago, maybe about 100 years ago, I guess, uh, to live as the Buddha lived. They went in the forest, meditated. Uh, many of them became enlightened. Uh, Mahabua, Ajahn Mahabua, uh, became enlightened. People say, well, do people still? Oh, yeah, people still become enlightened. And you can find him on the Internet giving a speech about his enlightenment. And many people said, well, if he was enlightened, he wouldn't have talked about it. Well, oh, come on, man. And uh, Ajahn Shah, his disciple, one of his students, also achieved the state of Bodhi enlightenment. And well, how do you know? Well, you know, you uh, you just have to be there, I guess. But um, uh, an acquaintance of mine knew a monk who had entered such a deep state of meditative absorption. He entered what was known as the third to fourth jhana, and his body functions had slowed to the point where it was obvious that his astral being had left the body, and his body, for all appearances, was dead. There was no pulse, no heartbeat, no breath. And his uh, friends had found this, uh, found his body, and they couldn't rouse him, and they called the paramedics. 
and paramedics could not awaken him. And this was uh, this was in a, uh, a a country where they didn't quite have the resources. We, they they didn't defibrillate him, but they were taking him to a place where they were going to, and they put him in the ambulance. Um, and so then at this point, he returned to his body and opened his eyes. Wait, what's going on? What's all the fuss? He found himself in an ambulance being taken uh, in a, like 50 miles to the nearest city where they were they were going to uh, um, put him in the morgue because they thought he was dead. So there are dangers to leaving your body. And, you know, I, I have this story under a very credible witness. Um, and and the, uh, the monk realized that uh, you just don't do this. Uh, you know, in your in your uh, in your hut, you know, in your in your humble apartment, in your cabin, where people could just walk in and say, "Hey, you want to go out? Uh, you know, meditate in the woods," and they think you're dead. So uh, there there are dangers to traveling. And that's why people tell me that go, "Yeah, I astral plane all the time. I spontaneously astral plane." Well, how come nobody has found your dead body? You know, your seemingly dead comatose body uh, while you're out astral planing. You know, if you spontaneously ask for a plane without your control, uh, how come people aren't concerned about you? You know, you're you're talking to them all of a sudden. You slump in your seat and you're 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 gone for half an hour. You know, your body seems. Why aren't you in the hospital a lot? Why aren't you being treated for uh, epilepsy? You know, uh, I, I don't. I don't. Well, my friends know I do this. Well, uh, no, no. I'm sorry. No, the, no. The, sorry. You can only, you know, you can only pull my leg so hard. It's going to come off in your hand. So this astral tube is a way to do this without the dangers of uh, astral travel. And there there are stories of people who are astral travelers, and they did not come back. Their body just – they went into a coma, and they wasted away. There are stories. So um, there are um, – there are things that happen. Uh, there, there are disadvantages. Sometimes the tube breaks apart because of the uh, currents and eddies. Another phenomena of the uh, astral, uh, the astral plane, um, and um, it actually happens quite a lot. Apparently, the astral plane is very busy. Lots of astral travelers, currents and eddies, disturbances. So you uh, create this astral tube. You're looking through it, and all of a sudden, boom! It just gets uh, swept away. So, uh, so through this astral tube, the astral senses will sense the sights, sounds. Um, distant sites. Uh, it's like looking through a telescope. Um, so it's quite an interesting thing. Uh, but your consciousness remains in your body. That's the important thing to remember. Well, next week we'll talk some more about this. Uh, we have about half a minute left. And uh, we've gotten down to a nitty-gritty. Uh, I don't want to tell you that uh, William Walker Atkinson describing this said that it uh, resembles those of a man using a telescope on the physical plane. You have a field of view, and you have a limited sense of what's going on, but it's really good. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. <laughs>